The year is 1971. Life is groovy, baby. Bad means good. A gallon of gas costs 40 cents. Apollo 14 brings back 90 pounds of moon rocks. And the paper planogram rules retail. It's an out-of-sight idea in merchandising. After 50 years in the workplace, it's time for the paper planogram to split the scene and retire. One door is here with the cloud-based digital planogram. It's dynamic technology for the new frontier in merchandising. Learn more at OneDoor.com. Peace out. Hello, Retail Rundown listeners. I'm Marie Driscoll, your host for the week. For those of you who may not know me, I'm a Managing Director of Luxury and Retail at Corsite Research. Joining me today are Bob Fibbs and Paula Rosenblum. Bob, also known as the Retail Doctor, is an internationally recognized business strategist, speaker, founder of SalesRx, online retail sales training, and brick-and-mortar expert. And Paula is the managing partner and co-founder of Retail Systems Research and is widely recognized as a top retail influencer. Bob, Paula, thank you both for being here. Hello, everybody. Hi, everybody. Today's topic is certainly one that has many of us talking. Ugh. After a few months of listed restrictions, retailers are now having to decide whether or not they will reinstate mask mandates for employees and customers as the Delta and Gamma variants continue to create hotspots throughout the country. Just as of last week, McDonald's, Target, Home Depot, and Kohl's said that they will follow CDC guidance and enforce masks for store workers in high-risk areas. And Disney will require masks for all customers and cast members. Apple said it's also requiring both vaccinated and unvaccinated customers, as well as their staff members, to wear masks in many of the U.S. stores. This is just so really depressing. So let's start here with masks. With the CDC's updated guidelines now in place, why haven't retailers jumped in on reissuing mask mandates for in-store shoppers? Bob, do you have an opinion? Uh, I have a very big opinion, I'm sure, uh, about that. You know, who wants to get into this? Frontline workers were never hired to be mask police. And what I think gets lost in this is this is not about masks. This is about shots. Retailers need to get into the idea that vaccination is 100% not optional if you're going to work there. I know that up at Saratoga Springs, just north of me in New York, the Downtown Association bought a mobile van down and had all of the employees be vaccinated. Now, why they do that? Because they're a summer tourist town. They understand that if they don't project this image, they're going to be in trouble. I, for one, am not looking forward to seeing more TikTok and uh, YouTube videos of people assaulting retailers over something that, again, is in place to help them, if they're already vaccinated, it's not going to protect those who are vaccinated. Paula, what do you think? I think that retailers 
the best way to go about this because state by state is so inconsistent. I mean, I live in the epicenter of all of this down in Florida at the moment. And given that even within our state, the counties are inconsistent, despite the governor's threats that he won't give funding if people put masks on. The simplest thing to do is for retailers to make a nationwide policy, period, full stop. And yeah, masks, I mean, I hate them. There's no doubt about it. I feel a certain amount, and we'll get to this later, of anger around the number of people who haven't been vaccinated because they've put us back in this situation. But I don't see that there's any choice. I think we have to do it because sooner or later, somebody's going to sue somebody. If we go to the very most base issues, someone is going to say, you didn't keep me safe and I'm going to sue you for it. So a shopper or an employee? Both. Again, we'll get to the vaccine part later, but for now, it's got to be both for sure. So I live in Manhattan and the thought of going back to wearing masks because so many in Manhattan, I think we have 70% people with vaccines. So most of us are safe. And I just see it further. There have been so many small businesses that have shut down and so many between retailers, you know, the local nail, the manicurists, the hairdressers, the restaurants, there's whole blocks that have no tenants. And it's all over the city. It's not just in any particular neighborhood. To go back to kind of a shutdown is frightening. Well, I need to jump in here, Marie, because I'm really offended at the media right now. 150 million people were vaccinated. There's been, what, 100,000 people who have broke through. You would think everyone is going to die of this, that we're back in March. The media was fueled by the past president and all of the stuff around there, and Mm -hmm. they don't have that anymore. And now it is relentless how much people want to talk about this. I'm a progressive guy, don't get me wrong. I'm vaccinated. I believe in all of it. But I think there is this element of I'm better than you. I'm wearing a mask and I've been vaccinated to take care of you that is being missed in this dialogue. That to say that it's all these people who just won't do it, the other side is just as guilty that it's zero compliance. I don't say that I have the answer, but this fear is what most concerns me, Marie and Paula, that we are going to go into the holiday season with these people who know that it will get clicks and it will get people. The CDC is going to keep changing their mind. And that's right, because new science comes out and all of this. But if you look at the Provincetown story, it is not as clear cut as what it was meant to be when somebody read it on Facebook. Oh, did you see all those breakthroughs? Well, that's not really happened. But the writers who know the sensationalism is going to get it are having a field day and they're being paid for it. And I I know we shouldn't say it's the media, but sorry, I think this is only going to get worse because they know that they can do it. Well, there's two things I need to say. One is with regard to the empty stores in Manhattan. Part of the problem is that people are working from home and somewhere along the line, people realize that working from home or living or being locked down in a 700 square foot apartment at $3,000 a month is not the best use of my time or energy. And so people began moving here. They began moving. I I was going to get a summer home up near Woodstock because I went to college up near there and I really liked the area. Went to New Paltz. New Paltz alumni. Proud of it, by the way. Nice. I'm an hour north of you, up the 87. There you go. 
So I think the housing prices have gone through the roof because people said, I'm not going to do this. I want to be able to go for walks. I want to be able to exercise. I got to get out of the house. So I think that has contributed to the demise of all of these city stores. So I did need to say that. It's like there's been the diaspora away from the Yeah. No, that's a real thing. That's a real thing. And they're all coming. A lot of them are coming here. I mean, if I told you my house is worth double what I paid for it, which is insane. And it's worth uh, 25% more than it was four months ago. So that gives you an idea of what's really going on down here. In terms of the media overblowing it, Unfortunately, this time I'm at the epicenter of it. We have more cases now per day than we had last year when there was no vaccine. And again, we have a a situation where the governor wants to deny that it exists. And that's a real problem. So he's getting lots of press, but I don't think it's what he hoped for. I know the guy wants to run for president and he's running on the we're free to do whatever we want thing and no mask. By the way, we'll defund you. If you're a school system and you require masks, because that's up to the parents. So we're getting a lot of news because we're outliers and we're outliers to an extent where I who have been vaccinated, unfortunately, for over six months. I say unfortunately, because there's been talk about media noise, the media noise around the vaccines declining efficacy after six months has really unnerved me because I got my second shot on February 1st. So I'm way over the line and you can't get a third one. I tried and they actually managed to get both recorded and I was going to go someplace else and try and get a third shot. But the truth is that I have to go visit somebody and the potential virus with me. The reason why there's a lot of noise around it is that truth be told, the numbers here are higher than they were before the vaccine. And that's insane. And the great fear, and I think it's a legit fear, is that because of the skyrocketing number of new cases, new variants are going to emerge. And those variants will be vaccine resistant and then will really be in trouble. No, they may be, Paula. They won't be. They may be. Let's just be careful of, of that. And the idea that retailers are going to be able to somehow make your state make your governor do the job, I think is just not, that's just not, masks are not the answer. That's my issue. If it was March, 2020, it would be one thing. We are nowhere near that. And yet this mask mandate coming down to the front line of saying, you need to do it. I was in an Apple store that had a mask a couple of months ago and the guy was rude as hell. And I thought it was an incredibly bad experience. And the more fear and the more, oh, but what ifs, I'm just done with it. I'm just done with it. I think I speak for a lot of people. Well, fear is no way to live your life. Good, healthy fear, it makes sense, but you don't want to, it can't rule your life. But so what's happening is like we ask the questions, we don't know the answers. And without having the answers, then we stick in fear and we don't move forward. And that's not what business is about. Business is about assessing the environment, making projections, taking risks, taking risks that are in within certain bounds and moving forward. So let's talk about vaccines. Here in New York, we will be requiring workers and customers to show proof that they've at least had one dose of the COVID-19 vaccine to participate in indoor dining and other activities like gyms and performances. 
As of today's taping, Los Angeles lawmakers are also considering implementing a no-shot, no-service vaccine mandate. And on the retail side, Walmart said last week that it would require its corporate staff, as well as management-level employees, to be vaccinated against COVID by October 4th. There's example after example. Tyson Foods wants 120,000 workers to be vaccinated by November 1st. And at Microsoft, 100,000 people will be required to prove that, that they're vaccinated for the employees, their vendors, and guests to gain access to their offices. So like, what do you think about these vaccine mandates? Are, I think they're great. I think the problem is you have a month's delay between when you get the first jab and when when it kicks in strongly enough. But yeah, I'm completely in favor of it because to Bob's point, we don't disagree as much as you think, Bob. Who the, no, hell, I know. Wants be, who the hell wants to be the mask police? And by the way, if you think, and I don't know about where it, what it's like in New York, I suspect it's similar to here. There are people who aren't being paid enough and they just go, I'm not not making enough to do this job. And so the reason why I was arguing for mask mandates is to try and keep the workers in the store because it's or in the restaurants, because there are people just saying, you don't pay me enough. I ain't doing this. Suddenly I've become a frontline worker and you don't treat me very well. I would argue it's just the opposite. Putting a mask mandate in place, you're just itching for people to come in and have their little phones out and show how badly they can treat somebody. And we've seen that in San Francisco. We've seen it in a lot of. Oh, I agree. No, I don't. I don't disagree with that. So you're putting them in the middle. No, I agree with you completely. Which is that you're putting these frontline these these people who used to be transient workforce who are now frontline workers. You're putting them in the middle of this terrible situation. And they will walk. But that's what you're advocating. What? I'm at, I'm advocating. That they all have to wear masks if you want to come in the store. Push comes to shove, I'm advocating vaccine mandates, to be honest with you. Yeah, well, that's we're on we're totally aligned. There's no doubt about it. But but there are large swaths of communities here who are very, very vaccine resistant. There's some people that just resist, you know, like America has lots of people with lots of opinions and they fervently cling to their ability to have their opinion in the face of evidence that would argue the other way. But I don't know how to fix that. The way you fix it is what we're talking about, which is if you want to go to a sporting event, you want to go to a restaurant, you want to go in a mall, you're going to have a proof of vaccine and it's going to have to be current and shown. I have a governor who refuses to allow there to be proof of vaccine. I mean, the, the cruise ship companies had to take them to court. Why aren't mayors taking you guys to court? That's what I don't get. Why aren't you guys rising up and saying this is potentially going to kill us, but the citizens don't seem to mind? He's holding the money. That's why. At least here. I mean, but the legislators, they're not doing their job. If that's what you guys are willing to get away with, then all bets are off. New York lost 30,000 people. Manhattan, we take it a little differently in New York than down south. And maybe that'll change some minds. I don't know. But it's not retail's job to do this. And the stories about it are not helpful. We're not getting no, through it's to retailers job to protect their workers, though. That's just the truth of it. And, and the so- only way to do that is to give them time off to get vaccinated. A mask will not protect them. Well, so- let's move on to what's happening in retail and how this really impacts retail. Retail has done incredibly well through COVID, certainly in March, April, May of last year, 
her very early stages. If you were essential retail, you did really well. If you were non-essential retail, you didn't do well. But as the stores opened up, even though the stores may not have had the traffic and the traffic may still be trailing 2019 levels, there's been incredible lifts in average ticket and average price in retail sales. I think it's been amazing to see the resurgence, the resiliency. And of course, there's less to spend money on, right? We're not traveling as much. We're not eating out as much. But how do you see this new cloud of the Delta virus and what we're hearing happening in China where they are shutting things down? Delta is spreading, I think, to 45 cities and their cities are almost countries. So with that, Like, what do you think that does to our back to school and holiday? Yeah, but that's a false equation because China does not have vaccinations like we do. And there's questions about what they did with their vaccination. That's what bothers me about all these stories is we hear something here and it's not necessarily vetted and we connect the dots and it's like the whole thing is on fire. And it's like, hold it. That's not quite it. And that's it. I think my clients are still up 20% over 2019. My clients are still waiting for the other foot to fall. Like, my God, what would stop it? They are excited and they are not having these discussions that pundits are having. And I'm telling people to turn the damn news off. We're done with this. We are done with this. It's 20 months in. I think there's going to be a huge pushback about how these are impacting people. And there will be a vocal minority who is going to go crazy and say, we've all got a you know, lockdown. And LA has been certainly very aggressive in what they have done with vaccination and masks in the past. But if we don't get these fear stories to stop connecting and making it into, oh my God, we're all gonna die tomorrow. I think it's gonna absolutely affect everything from the retail renaissance and back to school as well as holiday. Okay, so you guys are talking about retail in a context that isn't complete. And by that, I mean, there's an entire universe called the independent retailer that has been destroyed this last year. And yes, I know people who own stores that are in that situation themselves, more than one. Independent retailers and restaurateurs were destroyed. So yeah, Walmart did really well and Target did really well and Dick's did really well. And I can list all of these large retailers that did very well. Small business got creamed and something has to happen to get people willing to go out because I do know, and I've seen data that says consumers would really like to support independent retailers and locally made and sourced product and ethically sourced product, but they can't because of this, you can call it fear, you can call it whatever you like, but the bottom line is the human toll has been huge. Now you can say it's fear because it's not last year and some people are now vaccinated, half of us are now vaccinated or some percentage are now vaccinated. It doesn't change the fact that as Marie said way early in the call, there are tons of empty storefronts and those empty storefronts had people that owned them. It was mostly not chains, it was mostly independent retailers. And something has to be done. This isn't a joke. I mean, I mean, it's it's sad. Quite honestly, what's happened here the last several years, culminating in the pandemic, is tragic. I have no other word for it. It's tragic. 
And it's a tragedy of proportions like I have never seen in my lifetime. Interesting that like the themes in retail about customization, personalization, localization, right? That's all about like localization is give me something that speaks to me and speaks to the neighborhood. And a lot of that's gone when all you have left are wonderful stores, wonderful brands, but brands that you can get online and that you can get in most big cities around the country or most big towns or most malls around the country. And so what made New York special is the local independent shops, as well as the wonderful restaurants and the culture. Same for Miami. And people come to New York to shop in Soho and they go to Miami to shop in North Beach. I mean, there's all of that. And those are the stores that closed. Well, I would say this is all true, but a lot of those brick and mortar retailers were not good operators. They had bought themselves a job. You look at Manhattan and those businesses that are gone, Marie, when you go down a lot of those streets, they had been invested in for an awful long time. Yeah, there's some that were great, but they will be back. People will come back in new ways. Like saying Manhattan is not going to have skyscrapers full of people. Already we're hearing that. People are coming back to the cities and rents are down and the universities are open, et cetera. So I think we've kind of been around this uh, horn a number of times when it comes right down to it. Either you believe that there's hope or you believe that we're stuck in the mud. And I'm going to always go back to hope because retail has always been a a game of hope. After 9-11, no one could imagine there would be a 9-12. No one could imagine Manhattan would get through it. After the financial crisis of 2008, we were told ATMs would not work. That was the worst possible thing that could happen. And now here we are 10 years later. Oh my God, it's the worst possible thing. We're moving through it. And in 10 years, there'll be something else we're not thinking about either. People haven't changed that much, except over the course of the last year and a half. People have been more cowered by fear than they normally were, right? And I know, like, I was three blocks away from when 9-11 happened. I know what it felt like to be frightened about going around New York City for those six weeks after that. And I think that this has been a prolonged fear and isolation and just a different way of living. I think people are fed up with it, but it has, it, and some businesses have gone out because frankly, we don't need them. We, we've been eating at home. You didn't need to go out and eat. We didn't need the same kind of like the dry cleaner, the shoe repair people. There's so many services that we don't need and it's changing the face of New York, but retail is organic and it reflects the culture and retail will reflect Locally, what we need here and locally, what you need in Miami and what you need up in New Paul's, it always will do that. And to your point, Bob, retailers are by their nature positive. They have a dream, an idea, and they try and bring it to the consumer, right? And they try and make a little money on it. So there's no right, there's no wrong, but there is holiday. There is back to school. Here's to double digit growth and a supply chain that's actually functioning. And everybody getting a vaccination. That would make 2022 so fabulous. You've been listening to the Rethink Retail podcast. If you would like to be considered as a guest on our show, apply at rethink.industries slash podcast guest. For sponsorship opportunities, send us an email at media at rethink.industries. You can help support our team at Rethink Retail by dropping us a rating and review on your iTunes podcast app. To each and every one of you, thanks so much for tuning in. Retail never sleeps. See you next week.